Hello, everybody. Hello. This is our Bible study um, group. Um, the Bible study sessions, we normally upload it on our podcast channel, which is a spiritual conversation with Minister Mercy. And you can access the teachings um, through Spotify and is on, also on other different platforms. So welcome once again, ladies and gents. So today is our um, session 14 of the study we've been doing on John's gospel. So today's we are going to be looking at um, John chapter 11. And I have titled today's study as Dead Men Walking. Dead Men Walking. So let's, um, if you have your Bible, if we can turn to the gospel of John chapter 11, I will read from verse 1 to 7, and then as we go on, we'll look at the other verses uh, individually as we come to them. So this is um, um, Jesus on, you know, when he was told that Nazareth was sick. So now a certain man was sick, Nazareth of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Nazareth was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and, and, and her sister, maybe that was her brother, he says sister, and Nazareth. Okay, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Okay, so let's read further to verse 11. Okay, so verse 8. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, There are, uh, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the night, the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Nazareth sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 12 said, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. He will get well. Hallelujah. That is um, the scripture we're going to be looking at today. So the story of um, Jesus raising Nazareth from the dead, what we are going to be looking at today, we're going to actually um, look at the spiritual interpretation of that story. Okay. The spiritual interpretation of it. And as I was reading the scripture, the Lord was just downloading a lot of stuff in my, in my spirit. Actually, the, the story 
of uh, Nazareth is actually the story of our own salvation and the redemption of our dead spirit and soul. Okay, so when Jesus received the message from his um, from his friend's sister that Nazareth was sick, that is uh, John eleven verse four. We have just read, and then Je when Jesus heard that, he then he said, "This sickness is not unto death; is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it." So, so our rebellion against God is not unto permanent spiritual death. That is spiritual separation from him. But that Jesus, through his death on the cross for our salvation, may be glorified after his resurrection from the dead. Okay. After his resurrection from the dead. Remember, we're looking at the spiritual interpretation of the scriptures we have just read. So we can equally say that when Adam sinned against God, although God said the soul that sin will die, sin is sickness. Is sin is sickness that will lead to death if God does not do anything about it. Okay, not just physical death, but spiritual death as well. Spiritual death. He God had a plan. The agent that caused man to sin, Satan. Okay. So God said to him in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So God had a plan to resurrect all souls who are sick due to sin. When we sin against God, our soul becomes sick. And if God doesn't do anything about that, our sickness, that our sickness can easily lead us, lead us to spiritual separation from God, not just physical um, death, but spiritual death as well. Okay, this is why Jesus said that the, the, the sickness of um, Nazareth is not going to lead to death, it's not going to lead to death. But remember, what we're doing here is compared when Jesus talked. Okay, I've come to understand when Jesus talks and when he teaches, although he uses the things of the physical world to express himself, but deeply when you dive into it, what he, he's actually talking about spiritual things. He's talking about spiritual things. Okay, so that is what we need to bear in mind. He's talking about spiritual things. So God had a plan to resurrect our soul who is sick due to sin. So you know, the, the, the same sickness will not lead to total spiritual death. That is total spiritual separation from God for all eternity. Okay. So when Jesus said that Nazareth's sickness is not unto death, he meant spiritual death, death that separates our spirit from God. You know, Jesus knew when the physical death came to Nazareth. Let's read um, verse five to seven, which we have already read already. He says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Nazareth. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So the first two days, Jesus was told of Nazareth's sickness. He did not go. He stayed where he was for another additional two days making four days. Now, 
here is the amazing thing, okay? If you calculate the number of years from the time Adam sinned in the garden and man became afflicted with sin sickness, it comes up to 4,000 years. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You can Google it. It's, it's on Google. It comes up to 4,000 years. So Nazareth, uh, um, um, Nazareth stayed in the grave for four days. And remember, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, a thousand years is better one is like one day to God. Okay. So man's sin has existed for 4,000 years, for 4,000 years. It was after four days that Jesus told his disciples, let's go to Judea. Okay. Jesus couldn't go when he was told immediately because that will not line up with the timetable of God. God needed the physical four days of Nazareth staying in the grave has to correspond with the 4,000 years that man has been living in sin. Okay. That man's soul has died is in the grave. So like verse 7 said, then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. So after 4,000 years of sin, ravaging the spirit and soul of man, God the Father sends his son to go and resurrect our spirit and soul from the sickness of sin and death and give us spirit and give our spirit, a new, give us a new spirit and resurrect our soul from the grave and give us his internal life. So his lost children will not be lost to him from forever, will not be lost to him forever. So when Jesus speaks of death in the Bible, majority of the time he refers to spiritual death, spiritual separation from God the Father. In verse 11, Jesus said to his disciples, our friend Nazareth sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Okay. You see, he refers to uh, physical death as sleep. But when he's talk about death, it is spiritual death. Spirit, physical death is not death. The real death is spiritual death. Okay, so physical death is just, it's just you're sleeping, you're sleeping. But the, the, his disciples misunderstood him. They were thinking, he was talking about, you know, natural sleep, natural sleep. So he had to come out and say, Nazareth is dead in a language they understood. Okay, so Jesus said to, to them in verse 15, am I? that I am glad, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him, okay? So his, his miracles was to point us to whom he is, the son of the living God. But it is not everybody is going to believe. We will have our doubting Thomases, you know? Just like Jesus had, is in verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tube for four, for, uh, for four days. That is Nazareth has been in the tube for four days. Just like he found mankind 
in the grip of sin and death after 4,000 years of Adam's sinning. Okay? After 4,000 years of sin in mankind. So when Martha met him in verse 21, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. From Martha's response, you can tell that she did not really know who Jesus was and what he was capable of doing. In verse 23, when Jesus told her, your brother will rise again, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you understand this? Martha was talking about the resurrection of the dead on the judgment day. On the judgment day. But Jesus was referring to the resurrection of our dead spirit and soul due to sin. And he will do this after Calvary. So after his crucifixion and resurrection from the dead, when he defeats death, when he defeats death. So whoever believes in him, though he may die a physical death, but spiritually he shall live. And whoever is made free spiritually because of their faith in Jesus, they will continue to live that spiritual life. Okay. However, you know, should they die um, before, um, you know, if, if they died before he gave them immortal life, they will be raised up again. Their spirit and their soul will be raised. Okay. So that's why he's saying they should never die again because he will give them life immortality. What that I'm trying to say here is if you die a physical death, you will raise your spirit and soul from the dead. But if you continue to live and you believe in him and you do, you know, you do the, 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 the deeds of the Bible, you, you follow his teaching, you know, strictly, you follow his teaching strictly, you should never die. That's what he means. You should never die because he will give them life immortality even when they are in their physical body. That is what he meant that they will not die. He says here, you know, where, where is it? He says, but Jesus was referring to the resurrection of our dead spirit and soul due to sin. And he will do this after Calvary. So when he said that he, if you, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That's what he means. If you believe in him and you are not, you're, you're, you're living, you're living now, you're still alive and you believe in him, and you're following his teaching diligently, you're striving to be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, death will not come to you because you are not sinning. Death comes because of sin, okay? So sin brings death. So if you're not sinning, you're living a perfect holy life. You will gain immortal life. Your, your body will become immortal. So the only time you will die is when you yourself decide, I want to go home now, and you just vacate this physical body, okay? Apostle Paul was like that. 
Remember how many times he died? He spent, you know, how many times they stoned him? He died. He woke up again. How many times he was drowned in the sea? He stayed in the deep for two days. He woke up again. Okay. That is immortal life. Paul had immortal life. And I believe some of the other apostles also had immortal life. They only agreed to die, you know, when they agreed that they've had enough, they have um, um, done their work here. That was when this, the Roman soldiers then killed them. Okay. So this is what Jesus is saying. If you live and believe in me, you should never die. That is you now your physical, have a physical death because you're not sinning. You're not living in sin because sin brings death. If you're free of sin, if you're living a perfect holy life and you're not sinning, you know, so death have no business with you. Your body will, will, will be, you know, you will have a perfect health, divine health. Sickness will not come to you. Okay. So that's what Jesus meant there. So in verse, 20, in verse 39, Jesus said, you know, when he came to the tomb of um, Nazareth, he said, take away the stones after he asked where they have buried him, where they have laid him. So Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Okay, four days. More or less, Martha, what Martha is saying, it is too late to do anything with him. Okay, it is too late for four days. And, you know, when I was um, doing this study, what came into my mind was that I bet this is what Satan thought as well. That it's been 4,000 years. No, there's no way God is, is now going to um, resurrect the dead souls and dead spirit of man. Okay. I bet you this is what um, Satan thought himself. So the soul of man and the physical world is now, you know, so when Satan thought that, then he then said to himself, now the soul of man and the physical world is now mine. This is the reason Satan sees himself as the God of this world, as the God of this world. So when Martha doubted about Jesus being able to do anything with her brother's dead body, in verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? This is also what the Lord is saying to us. If you would believe, you will see the glory of God. This is what he's saying to his believers. So verse 41 and verse um, 43, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Okay. So Jesus, Jesus, um, Jesus' prayer to the father at the grave of Nazareth wasn't for the father to hear and answer. Okay. From the first day, from the first day, Jesus was told that Nazareth was sick was when he began to wrestle in the spirit with the spirit of death that was trying to consume Nazareth. But when Nazareth's spirit left his body, you know, that was when Jesus said, our friend Nazareth, he sleeps, but I will go that I may wake him up. 
That was the point the father answered Jesus. Okay. Jesus wrestled with the spirit of death in the realms of the spirit. That was the reason he said this sickness will not be until death. Meaning the spirit of death is not going to separate Nazareth's soul from God for all eternity. Because Jesus knew the will of God for man's soul. Okay. It's the same thing for us as well. Like in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That was the reason the Father sent his Son to wake us up from our spiritual slumber to wake us up from our spiritual slumber so we will not be separated from him. Just like Apostle Paul stated in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, he says, Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Christ will give you light. You see, uh, when, when we live in sin, we don't know Christ. We haven't been born again. We haven't accepted Jesus yet. We are dead. Our spirit is dead to God. Okay. Our spirit is dead to God. So we are slumbering. We're slumbering in darkness. Our mind is dark. Our heart is hardened. Okay. So this is what Paul is saying. Therefore, he says, wake, you know, awake you who sleep. You, you, you who don't know God. Awake. He's talking to the spirit that doesn't know God. He's telling it to awake, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Okay? It's when you come to know Jesus, that's when we have light. That is when the light and the revelation of who God is then enters our mind and then our heart. Okay? So in John 11, verse 35, it tells us Jesus wept. His spirit was grieved when he saw the pain and suffering in sin and death was, you know, inflicting a man, a man's soul. So in verse 38, then Jesus again groaned in the spirit. You know, he groaned in himself, came to the tube. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Groaning in the spirit is a, is a spiritual language. He's actually speaking in, you know, in the spirit. Okay, so groaning in the spirit is a spiritual language. Jesus was, you know, he was, um, he was, he was just groaning and wrestling with the spirit of death in the realms of the spirit. He was speaking to the spirit of death. He was dealing with the spirit of death, telling him to take his hands away from Nazareth, Nazareth's spirit and soul. I believe that was what was going on in the spirit. So when Jesus said, take away the stone, the stone covering Nazareth's tomb also represents the heavy stone of death of sin that is leading our spirit and soul to hell. Okay. So Nazareth, spiritually, Nazareth's stone represents the sin in our life, represents the sin in our life that is separating us from our creator. So Jesus also came to take that away from us. He came to take away the sin from us. Just like he spoke to the Father in the presence of the people, so they may believe that, the, that, you know, that God the Father sent him 
His miracles and healings recorded in the scriptures are also meant to speak to us today, that we may believe that Jesus came from God. Okay, so when Jesus called for Nazareth to come forth, he cried with a loud voice, Nazareth, come forth. It is the same way he cried with a loud voice at his crucifixion in John 19, verse 30, when he said, it is finished. It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave us his, you know, he gave up the spirit. So the penalty for our sin against God has been paid. Now he is calling us out of our grave tombs of sin and death. Just like he called Nazareth out. Spiritually, he is calling us out of our grave tombs of sin and death. Again, in verse 44 tells us, and he who had died came out bound hand and feet with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loosen him and let him go. Loosen him and let him go. Same thing applies to us. Yes, God. But we are still bound in grave clothes, just like Nazareth's face was still, you know, wrapped with a cloth. Our own mind is still wrapped with Satan's strongholds. Okay. And just like Jesus told the people to loosen him, it is the same instructions, the same instruction he left with his church to loosen the grave clothes of those who will come to believe in him so their mind and spirit can be free to worship him in spirit and in righteousness, okay? Now it is up to us, the members of the body of Christ called his church. If those who were put in charge over our souls have loosened us, from our grave clothes, we are spiritually, we will be spiritually free, okay? So the thing here is, okay, you have accepted Jesus. You, you accepting Jesus is saying, Jesus have called you out of the grave tomb of sin and death, okay? Like Nazareth, when Nazareth came out, he was still bound, he was still bound, okay? In the great clothes. And what is the great clothes? The great clothes is the sin that led to our spiritual death in the first place. Remember, as a Christian, when you accept the Lord and you become born again, what the, the Holy Spirit gives you, it gives you a new spirit. But your soul still remains the same. And if we, we, you can remember, it is your soul that you use to make the choice to sin. Okay? So we are spiritually free or you know, when, when, when we, we come out of that um, grave tomb, we might be spiritually free in the spirit, but our soul is still bound up. The thing that will help loosen our grave clothes is the pure word of God. The pure word of God, the uncompromising word of God, the pure truth. That is what is going to help to loosen our grave clothes. And remember what I said, that the grave clothes is, the grave clothes is the sin that we committed that separated us from God. And remember, it is your soul that you use to make the choice to sin. Okay. 
So the uncompromising word of God, the pure truth, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth that makes our soul free. So when we hear the word of God, we allow it to take root in our heart. We actively act and live our lives according to the word. According to the word. This is how our grave clothes is removed. This is how our grave clothes is removed. When your grave clothes is removed, you will have a new mindset. You will have a new mindset. Your spirit is already renewed and, give, you know, you are given a new life, God's life, God's kind of life. But you are still wearing the death clothes in your soul. You're still wearing the death clothes in your soul. So your soul comprises of your emotions, your reasoning faculties, your intellect, your free will. All these are in your physical brain, your mind. For our great clothes to be removed, all these areas of man that make up his personality has to be healed. It has to be healed. Nazareth appeared out of a physical grave with a physical grave clothes. But in our case, Jesus released us from a spiritual grave. Okay. So now it is up to us to remove our spiritual grave clothes. Because we used our free will to make the choice of putting on those grave clothes. When we sinned, we made the choice to sin. Okay. When temptation came, you fell into that temptation and you sinned and you brought on a grave clothes. Grave clothes is the death, death of your soul. Okay. That's grave and death and the grave clothes is the sin we have um, committed. Now it is up to us to use our free will to act the Lord in sincerity of heart and genuineness of faith to help us remove our grave clothes, to help us remove our grave clothes. Don't forget our grave clothes are the sins in our lives. So when our grave clothes have been removed, this is how we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. So, all these Christians that are running about saying, I'm a new creation, I'm a new creation. But meanwhile, you're still living in sin. You haven't, you, there's no change of uh, behavior. There's no change of attitude. You're still carrying unforgiveness in your, in your soul, in your heart. You're not a new creation. Because a new creation in, in Christ does not sin, does not have um, sin in their life. Even if you sin, you are quick to repent. You are quick to repent immediately. Okay, so you don't become a new creation until you have removed your grave clothes and you live in holiness and righteousness. That is how you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let me explain um, what a lot of um, people, especially those who call themselves Christians, do not understand about God's grace, about the grace of God. God's grace is the love of God acting on the hearts of sinful man, giving us what we do not deserve, which is his love and forgiveness of our sins, okay? His love and forgiveness of our sin against him through Jesus Christ. God's grace 
is given to us freely from heaven. However, this grace does not stay with us if we do not actively seize it and act on it. Okay. A lot of people think once they become a Christian, that's it, that God's grace is always up on them. No. God, God will remove his grace if you don't live according to his words, if you don't behave according to his words. Okay. His grace, you need to grasp hold of it. You need to grasp, you need to seize it and act on it. Let me explain. Let me explain it this way. Okay. For example, if you are hungry and you are standing under a fruit tree full of ripe fruits, you know, and the wind is blowing these fruits all around you, it's blowing it down. If you do not actively pick the fruit and eat them, you will remain hungry. It's the same thing with God's grace. If you do not actively grab hold of God's grace and act on it, you will still remain in your sin. Okay. So the same with God's grace. You need to grasp hold of it, act on it for you to receive the blessing in it. Therefore, not only the hearing, but also the doing of the word of God shall bless you with the salvation coming from the heavens of God. Okay, with the salvation coming from the heavens of God. And remember what James said. He said, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Okay, faith without works is dead. So you need to act on God's grace for God's grace to remain with you. God's grace cannot remain with us if we act opposite of what he has told us, how he told us to behave. His grace will not remain with you, okay? Oh, what you, what you will need, what you will do, you just go um, back into universities God has given to mankind. And that universal grace is your life. You have the, the sun over your head. You have the rain that will grow the wheat that will give you bread. That is God's grace. That's a universal grace. Even non-believers have that universal grace. But for children of God, for you to call yourself a child of God and you want to receive the blessings from heaven, special blessings for his children, you need to act on God's grace. You need to, you know, behave like his child, do the deed of what the gospel is telling you to do. Okay. So this is the spiritual explanation of the resurrection of Nazareth, which is actually the story of our own salvation and redemption from our spiritual grave. Okay, let's, you know, in John 11, chapter four, Jesus said, when, when Jesus heard that um, Nazareth was sick, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it, through it. So what the interpretation I got from this is that Jesus saying, that our sin, Adam's sin in the garden, wasn't, it will not lead totally to him, to his descendants being separated from God forever. That a time will come when he will come down to die on the cross for them and answer this sin, you know, uh, pay the price 
be their death, their rebellion against God brought unto man. Okay, and this will bring him glory. Again, let's have a, a look at them. Um, at um, so when Jesus said this, he was not specifically referring to Nazareth. He was referring to his own death and resurrection. And what he said in John 17, verse 1 to 8, let's read it. This confirms what he said in, um, to his um, disciples in, in John 17, from 1 to 8. Let's read it. And he says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world, before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Okay. They have believed that you sent me. He mentioned again about people believing that God sent him at Nazareth's grave. That was in, in, um, in John chapter 11, verse um, 41 to 42. Let's have a look at that again. 11, okay, from 41 to 42. And it says, then they took away this, the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Okay? That they may believe. So all these miracles and things is that people will believe. But before Jesus before Jesus came to this earth, we were all dead. Dead men walking, you know? We were dead. Might be alive physically, but spiritually we were dead. We were dead, okay? And some he has called out of their grave through, uh, of their grave um, tomb, like Christians. Some Christians are born again. Some Christians are just Christians. And some, I don't know what they believe, so he has called out of their, some he has called out of their grave tomb. The majority of those who have been called out are still walking about in their grave clothes. They're still walking about in their grave clothes. 
Jesus is saying, loosen them and let them go. This is what he is also saying, you know, to his church. Loosen his people. Loosen his people and let them come to him and worship him in truth and in holiness. In truth and in holiness. You know, if you if you're not your your grave clothes being loosened is the process of sanctification. The Holy Spirit helps you to loosen your grave clothes, to renew your mind, to have a new mindset. Because Christianity, a lot of people think Christianity is a religion, a religion where you do you just do rituals. You do rituals, you, you do your prayer book, you do no. That's just physical things you're doing. That's carnality. But to get into the real Christianity, Christianity is spiritual. It is spiritual. It deals with the spirit. And there is a transformation that comes when you are really practicing the real Christianity. Okay? There is a transformation that comes and you need to continuously pursuing that spiritual aspect of your Christianity. The more you pursue God spiritually, the more he will draw you closer and closer to him. The thing is, I don't understand why Christians, the Bible have told us God is spirit. He has no business with flesh. I don't know why when we practice our Christianity, we practice it in the flesh. Christianity is spiritual. And if you're not growing your spirit, growing your spirit every day, reading your scriptures, praying, drawing closer to the Lord, this is how your grave clothes is removed. You will continue to remain dead. Although you're calling yourself a Christian, but you're dead spiritually. Okay? You're dead spiritually. So this is why I've titled today's um lesson to this session dead men walking because a lot of us christians are dead men walking because we're still walking about in our grave clothes and because the church is not teaching what they should be teaching the pure uncompromising word of god because jesus said when you know the truth the truth will set you free the thing they are teaching in our um, churches and claiming it to be truth is not the truth because if it's the truth you will have a lot of transformed life. You will have a lot of people who live a transformed and a holy life. But we don't. We just live like the world lives. The only difference is we call ourselves Christians. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Right, we've come to the end of today's session. So I'm going to stop the recording now.